Hello and welcome. You found the Social Work Podcast. My name is Jonathan Singer, and I'll be your host as we explore all things social work. Risk for suicide among gay youth has caught a lot of attention in the American media as of late. There have been a number of youth who have been bullied because they're gay or perceived to be gay and who have consequently died by suicide. Dan Savage and friends and colleagues and supporters have put together an amazing project called It Gets Better, focusing on the issue of youth suicide for gay and lesbian, bisexual, transgendered, questioning queer teens. Now, there's good reason for this. According to the U.S. government's report of the Secretary's Task Force on Youth Suicide, lesbian and gay youth are at an increased risk for suicide, substance abuse, school problems, and isolation because of a hostile and condemning environment, verbal and physical abuse, and rejection and isolation from peers and family. Social worker and and pioneering gay and lesbian researcher Caitlin Ryan found that lesbian, gay, and bisexual adults who reported higher levels of family rejection during adolescence were almost eight and a half times more likely to report having attempted suicide almost six times more likely to report high levels of depression, almost three and a half times more likely to report use of drugs and unprotected sex compared to adults from families that reported no or low levels of rejection. So here's the thing. Families who reject their kids are doing their kids a huge disservice. And that's the point of today's podcast. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Cynthia Connolly about the concerns of heterosexual parents of gay and lesbian youth. Cynthia is an assistant professor in the Department of Social Work at Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana. Her research focuses on parental concerns about having gay and lesbian children. And currently, Dr. Connolly is investigating the types of clinical interventions used with heterosexual parents of gay and lesbian children to develop a best practice model for improving family cohesion during the crisis of coming out. Dr. Connolly's worked with lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered adolescents and their parents since the late 1990s, focusing on heterosexual parents' acceptance of their lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered children. She provides consultation to organizations, educational institutions, and service providers on working with families of lesbian, bisexual, and transgendered children. So here's the pop quiz for you. When lesbian or gay youth come out to their parents, what concerns are their parents most likely to have? Well, I'm not going to answer. You have to listen to the podcast for that. And I hope you like it. So on to episode 62 of the Social Work Podcast, Concerns of Parents of Lesbian and Gays, an interview with Dr. Cynthia Connolly. Cindy, thanks so much for being here today and talking with us about how to talk to parents who have gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgendered, or questioning teens. Thank you, Jonathan. I I appreciate the opportunity to come in and talk about this topic. I know it's a significant focus of your research, and and I'm very excited about this conversation because there's been a lot of information out there about um, LGBTQ individuals, but there's not much out there about the parents, is there? You are. You're very correct about that. There is there's a huge gap 
And as you said, it that's this is my primary research topic. I'm very passionate about really trying to help families um, who who have uh, gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender uh, children. I just really want to uh, continue my research and and really investigating uh, the concerns or the experiences that parents have when they learn about their children's sexual orientations or their gender identities. So so let me ask you a question. I'm I'm sitting at my office. Mm-hmm. I get a phone call. I'm in an agency. I'm at a hospital. I'm somewhere and parent calls up and they say I'm I'm freaking out. I uh I think my kid might be gay. Mm-hmm. What do I do with that? Sure. Well, you know, of course as as any good practitioner uh would do is you know address the feelings first. And um, in my practice and my research experience, you know, I found that there are three dominant uh, concern areas that parents experience uh, when they learn that their children are gay or lesbian. One of the the dominant areas is around uh, their own feelings of the loss of loved ones. So parents experience concern that they may... um, uh, lose friends if their friends find out that they have a gay or lesbian child. Parents are very much concerned about that their loved ones will avoid them if they find out. And so as a practitioner, you can address, you know, this specific area by asking, um, you know, when your son or daughter came out as gay or lesbian, to what extent, you know, were or are you concerned that you may lose friends? You know, and you can certainly have the parent then you know, say, well, you, know, you can have them rank order it, you know, you know, on a scale of one to five, you know, one being not concerned at all to five being extremely concerned to understand the level of concern that parent is experiencing in that particular area. So love loss is one particular area of parents' concerns. So for this hypothetical parent that calls me, one of the things that I need to keep in mind is that one of their reactions might be, how's this going to affect me? Yes. How, how's this going to affect my social life? How's this going to affect the way that people think of me as a parent? Maybe I'm going to lose my friends. Maybe my family's going to reject me yes. because my kid is gay. Right. Yeah, and there's, there, you can really kind of categorize this as internal versus external concerns. Internal concerns as far as, you know, oh, my gosh, uh, what's the outside world? What's society going to think of me? And then there's the external concerns. Oh, my gosh, I have concerns for my child's physical, psychological, and social well-being. So if you want to look at internal externs versus external concerns, um, that's certainly one helpful way of looking at uh, this issue. So what are, what are some of the – you said that there were three ways of – of thinking about this, sure, three areas. So you know the the next you know dominant uh, area of concern is really parents' concerns for their physical, psychological, and social well-being. They are very concerned about you know whether or not their child will be physically assaulted, whether they will be verbally assaulted. They are very concerned as to whether their child's self-esteem will suffer as a result of of belonging to a stigmatized group. Um, as well as their social well-being. You know, will my child make friends because they are gay or lesbian? Will my child have equal civil rights because they are gay or lesbian? So those three areas, you can, you can certainly, again, um, 
you know, ask questions of the parents in the in the same kind of format. You know, are you concerned? You know, now that your child has come out or you believe that your child's gay or lesbian, you know, you could certainly ask questions around, you know, this area. Are you concerned that they will be physically assaulted? Are you concerned that they will not receive good health care? So these are the kinds of questions that um, can certainly tap into the physical. And again, you know, the psychological, concern for the psychological well-being, you could ask them, you know, are you concerned that, you know, your your child's self-esteem will be okay, that uh, they will be proud about who they are? Um, and then again, the social aspects as far as uh, the concerns, you can ask that, you know, are you concerned that your child will not have equal civil rights? Those are three areas within the dominant area of child well-being. Okay, so let me just make sure I, I, I'm understanding. So the first area would be this um, love loss. Love loss, right. And that's... I'm afraid I'm going to lose friends. I'm afraid I'm going to lose friends. There's going to be some love loss for me. Yes. I'm afraid I'm, my neighbors are going to reject me. And I'm afraid that, yes, my loved ones will avoid me. And then the second area is, it's not about the parent, it's, it's really that parenting Yes, it's it's my concern. Yeah, it's my concern for my child. Child well-being. Is somebody going to beat up my kid? Yes. Uh, you know the hate crimes. Is yes. there going to be some sort? Of, you know, uh, now right. my kid won't be able to um, have equal protection under the law. Right. That sort of thing. Okay. Yep. Good. I'm getting. And what's the third area of concern? Okay. And then the third area, which is um, you could say that it's somewhat related to the, the love loss that that public perception um, area is. Concerns about society's perception of them as parents. So almost like the social desirability. So, um, you know, are you concerned that you will be judged a parenting failure by society because your child is gay or lesbian? Are you concerned that your child is gay or lesbian because you did not spend enough time with them as a parent? All of these types of items speak to, oh, my gosh, what is society going to think about me if I didn't do these things and my kid is gay or lesbian? Okay, what are, what are people going to think about me? The gaze is upon them. No pun intended. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so the third area is really society's perception yes. of the parent. Yes. Um, because your kid is gay, you must have screwed up as a parent. Yes. Yes. Which is different than because your kid is gay, I no longer want to be your friend. Yes. Right. Okay. I get it. And all of those seem to be totally reasonable concerns. Yes. That a parent would have to say, will my friends reject me? Will my kid get hurt? And will people think of me as a failure as a parent? That's right. I mean, and and the parents, you know, they experience the effects of the stigma surrounding homosexuality just like their children do. You know, the parents uh, certainly experience uh, what is coined as uh, courtesy stigma uh, by the work of a sociologist, Irving Goffman. And um, there's, you know, little research out there that really studies these ill effects that the parents experience. And there's, you know, uh, relatively few supports, you know, for these parents. You know, there's a lot of knowledge to be built in this area through practice and research. So let's say that I'm I'm talking with a parent... And it, and I have these three areas in my mind. Um, and a parent is talking about, say, I'm totally freaking out because 
you know, my grandfather's birthday's coming up, and I know that if he finds out, he's going to totally disown me, and he's not going to have anything to do with my son, and it's just, it's going to tear the family apart. Mm -hmm. Is there something specific that I should say in response, or can I just use my clinical skills to address it in the way that I am trained or most comfortable there's there's really so little known in this area that you know I can give you a, kind of a code book response you know to this um, you know however I you know the parents are going to experience again the um, similar notion of coming out just like their children um, like the know, parents have the to parents come have out to, come to society out as, well. yes. as a parent yes. of a kid who is that's right the parents have to come out. And, um, you know, so they have their own coming out experiences, much like their children. You know, as a practitioner, you know, if I were to address that question, certainly I would not advise that parent to come out. Okay. I mean, I would, I'm not going to advise a client to come out. They have to be ready. They have to want and to come out. They have to want to come out. And, they're, and they're, this is a process, just like the identity development of their LGBT children, there's an identity development process for parents of LGBT children. And they have to work through this. I mean, it's a journey. And, um, you know, I, I would, you know, certainly as a clinician, I would explore the feelings around that. You know, I'm afraid of this, of coming out to my, you know, my parents and what they're going to think about, you know, me for having a gay or lesbian child. And, you know, and I would advise them, though, you know, it's it's okay for you to not reveal this information until you're ready. As a clinician, I would focus on the feelings, her feelings of concern, uh, her feelings of anxiety. So I can see how this would be really useful when talking with a parent. I'm wondering if you think it would be useful to talk to the child if you happen to have that type of relationship with a kid who's thinking of coming out or has come out to you but not come out to his or her parent, um, to talk to them about, well, these are some things that your parents might be concerned about. Sure, sure. I think it would be very beneficial to uh, an LGBT client uh, to have this information um, if they have not come out to their parents they can use this information to guide conversations with their parents. You know, depending on the strength of that relationship, you know, the LGBT child or adolescent, uh, young adult, they might be able to anticipate what concerns parents may have. They may have picked up that, oh my gosh, mom or dad are really concerned about what others think about, you know, having pink flamingos in the front of the house. So if they are very concerned about, you know, what others think, then maybe this might be a large area of concern for their parents. So this can, you know, certainly uh, be a conversation starter to understand these concerns. And I could imagine that if I were the kid and I was coming out and my parents were like, oh, my God, it's all about me, that could be very disconnecting, yes. but if I knew in advance that their parents might be concerned about how their neighbors are going to react or, you know, our friends going to reject them, and I'm able to have that conversation with my therapist or my social worker in advance, that it wouldn't be a disconnect. It would be a, oh, 
this is what Cindy and I talked about. Right. Okay. Yeah, my parents are reacting. Huh. Right. You know, and there might, you know, the the fact is that there may be um, other LGBT family members somewhere that if mom, you know, reacted, you know, in a positive manner to finding out that Uncle Bill was gay, you can certainly, you know, estimate that, okay, well, you know, maybe my mom's reaction to my own sexual orientation may not be as bad as what I anticipate. So, Cindy, one of the things that we always talk with social work students about, there's a big push for social workers to know why they're doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So you've just talked about these three areas that would be important to talk with parents about, but you know, how do, how do I know that I should talk about these three areas and not three other areas? Or what makes these three areas legitimate? Um, how did you come up with them? And, and why should social workers use them? Sure. And that's a great question, Jonathan. Um, there's three steps, really. Uh, I first went to the literature, and I reviewed uh, the research out there um, that uh, was on parents' reactions to learning about... Um, having a gay or lesbian child. And, you know, there was very little literature out there on this particular area. But what I did find, it certainly supported my work and my practice uh, with uh, LGBT individuals. Um, And then I took uh, this information, and then I went and did some qualitative work in which I conducted focus groups with uh, parents of LGBT children who belonged or who attended PFLAG support meetings and uh, PFLAG, parents, families, and friends of lesbians and gays, because I wanted to see, okay, are these themes in the literature, are they still present? And um, that was a very fruitful study. And from that information, you know, I did a a content analysis and um, on those, those themes. And then I developed items, specific questions for a scale, actually 55 items. And then I conducted a pilot study of uh, this scale, of the, of the COPLAG scale, on a national level to uh, parents within PFLAG uh, who had an LGBT child. So that was the three steps taken. And so in, in doing that, of course, with the statistical analysis and in, in doing various uh, factor analysis, I found that these three areas really clump together. These are the three predominant concern areas that exist. It's, it's parents' own concerns about their own love loss. It's um, certainly parents' concerns about their, fi- their child's physical, psychological, and social well-being. And then the last uh, particular uh, cluster, the factor, is really around uh, social desirability, in which I call parent ego. It's really about, oh my gosh, what is parent, what are, what's society going to think about me Uh, because I'm a a parent of a stigmatized child. So those are the three areas that that kind of really shook out during all that statistical fun work. So you've created this scale. Is this something that a social worker would use with a a parent right now or a client? Eventually, yes, eventually, yes. I mean, and and I'm continuing, you know... um, you know, I'm doing ongoing validation work, and, and right now I'm in the process of doing a confirmatory factor analysis so that I can certainly confirm these three areas uh, of concern um, 
that exist, you know, among this population. Uh, actually, parents who are members or attend PFLAG. I'm also um, confirming, you know, these these three concern areas. I'm also confirming these among um, different sample populations of parents of of uh, LGBT children who do not attend PFLAG. So, you know, so um, certainly, you know, trying to access parents you know, of LGBT children who do not go to support groups or or therapy, you know, for this issue, but, you know, who can be accessed through various, um, for instance, uh, gay-friendly churches or synagogues, so that I can say, all right, well, this is, this, these concern areas are pretty consistent across, you know, various sample populations of parents. So it sounds like these three areas that you're talking about are based on literature that you reviewed, focus groups, and then this these psychometric techniques yes. about um, this, these crazy statistics. Yes. Um, and, and, and through that, it's not that you set out to say, oh, um, love loss, uh, concern, you know, concerns about my kid and how society views my parenting. Like, those weren't the three areas that you... So no. I'm going to create a scale, and I'm going to test that, and now I've proved it. No. No. So this is this is what panned out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is what panned out. It's, okay. you know, 55 items, and then when you when you do the, you know, the fun statistical analyses, this is what, this is what prevailed. It was, you know, three strong factors where you have several items, you know, the f- there were four specific questions or items that aligned strongly on, you know, one factor. And that one particular factor, when you look at what's going on with these items, parents' concerns that they will, you know, uh, their loved ones will avoid them or that they will be rejected by their parents. They, it, When you really look at the theme there, it's around parents' own concerns that they're going to lose loved ones because of having an LGBT child. So the social workers that are out there that are listening to this and are thinking, oh, I would love to follow up with, you know, this particular parent uh, on these three issues. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, can they can they contact you? They can contact me. And, you know, and, and, you know, as a practitioner, you know, I would certainly, you know, if, if I was going to address one of the specific areas of concern first, um, I would certainly address the parent's concern over their child's physical, psychological, and social well-being. Because it can be threatening to a parent to be asked, are you just concerned about yourself and not your child? Well, and, and I mean, when I think about societal stigma about parents having a gay or lesbian kid or loss of friends, I mean, that's really so much about the parents doing their own work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, so, you know, my... my my 14-year-old, you know, son who's gay, like, he can't control whether or not Aunt Betty mm-hmm. rejects me as the parent, you know. And so so while it's totally a reasonable and valid concern, it's very different than this parental function of protecting my child and yes. making sure that my child is able to have a, a sort of as a quote-unquote normal adolescence as possible. Right. They seem to be very, very different. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Very good. That's a great point. Yes, they are. They are very different. So, but, um, you know, and they're going to, again, they're going to just vary um, on the degree. But, you know, as far as the level of concern and the magnitude, you know, you're going to find some parents who are very concerned that, that 
they're going to lose funds, and you might. But on the other, you know, particular concern areas, such as their, you know, child's uh, social well-being, they'll be extremely high, or um, vice versa. I mean, there are some, you know, I've seen some uh, parents' responses in this pilot work where, you know, uh, parents are not, ex- they're not concerned that their child will be, you know, verbally assaulted. But, you know, they are concerned that um, society may consider them a parenting failure for having a stigmatized child. So it's, it's I have to tell you, Jonathan, it's, it's really kind of all over the place right now. You know, we, we don't have a good enough grasp of what's going on. And so, you know, the development of this scale was really uh, a way to really start, you know, bridging this, this gap in the, you know, extant literature. Because, you know, one of the things that, you know, one of the goals that I really want to get to is let's, let's look at some of the, you know, factors that are going to predict these parental reactions to learning about having a gay or lesbian child. You know, that's where I really want to take this um, because we don't know. And so if we can first, you know, figure out what are the effective experiences, what are the feelings, what are the concerns behind these reactions, if we can find, you know, a little bit more out about, you know, this particular area, then maybe we can start building towards, okay, well, what kind of can predict, you know, these concerns? What predicts these feelings? So. It sounds like uh, I'll be interviewing you in a couple of years about <laughs> yeah, the predictors. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would welcome that. I would welcome that. <laughs> um, just to wrap up, because I think this is really important stuff, you were saying that there were three areas mm-hmm. that parents mm-hmm. are concerned about. Yes, love loss, child well-being, and parent ego. Parents are concerned about their own love loss, about their child's physical, psychological, and social well-being. And the third area, the parent ego is what I call it, and, and that they are concerned about what society thinks of them as parents as a result of having stigmatized child. Well, Cindy, thanks again for, for being here and for talking with us about how to address parents' concerns about having a gay or lesbian kid. Thank you so much, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure. And certainly I, I hope that uh, you'll have me back in the future when I can uh, talk about the predictors of parental reactions. I look forward to that. Great. Thank you. I'm Jonathan Singer, and thanks for being with me today for another episode of the Social Work Podcast. If you missed an episode or have suggestions for future episodes, please visit socialworkpodcast.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit our online store at cafepress.com slash swpodcast. To all the social workers out there, keep up the good work. We'll see you next time at the Social Work Podcast. Thank you.